0: Yeah, I mean, I think that was the biggest fear that everybody had when this, when this first started is, you know, we've, you know, this is not the first time we've been talking about people, you know, the online retailers beating the bricks and mortar retailers that, the, you know, the takeaways and the deliverers and the just eats people delivering food directly to your door, you can get a restaurant quality meal delivered to your door a little bit cold, but you know, there it is, you can get that stuff that can happen. And Everyone was worried about that. And then you present a situation where you just take away the other option and all you can have is that stuff. And so everyone's terrified that we're all just gonna use Amazon then. We just use Amazon and we'll never go anywhere to ever go to a shop ever again. People will get their food delivered. They'll never need to go out again. And we'll all get so used to it that we won't won't miss that.
1: So here's the big question. Have you ever been so financially frustrated from years of poor financial decisions only to wonder Why didn't they teach me in school anything about how to manage money? I've spent the last 20 years learning the secrets to how money really works and how to use it to get financially free on a goal to retire early. I've realized how much of an impact we could have on the world by teaching financial literacy, entrepreneurship, and a successful mindset. Join me as I interview some of the world's most successful business owners, coaches, and parents to get them to share their secrets on how you can not only learn but teach these lessons to your kids to become financially free and impact your children's financial trajectory so they can avoid the frustration and go on to do great things i'm cody laughlin and this is the money talkers podcast welcome back to money talkers with your host cody laughlin i have james adam here with me today. Uh, He helps uh, destinations of all shapes and sizes drive footfall, increase spend, and change perceptions by creating and building brands, developing strategies, and providing creative marketing campaigns. He's had a passion uh, for destinations since starting in retail over 20 years ago, from shopping centers and hotels to towns and attractions. James loves getting people out there and experiencing things. And it couldn't be a more relevant time to talk about how retail has been changed in the last year or two and the marketing world has changed as well and so with that welcome to the show james
0: thank you very much for having me it's great to be here
1: well i am glad to have you using the magic of the internet uh you're in england right now right is that
0: i sure am yeah just outside of manchester up in the north
1: nice well you I, I don't want to get off subject but you guys had a pretty big uh, sports event recently with the uh super league trying to take place
0: right it's a bit of a, quite a lot of shenanigans. I'm not a big football fan, but even I uh, got to grips with the uh, the madness that was uh, that was what went on at that game. It was, it was pretty. It was crazy. quite a.
1: It was kind of power move that some boys tried to pull <laughs> <Yeah>. on there. <that. laughs> yeah. So it was fascinating. But, um, but you know, we'll get back to talking about what we're talking about with money talkers here. <laughs> and uh, so I, I want to ask you, man, what what really lights you up to talk about in the marketing space?
0: Well, I think the thing that I've I'm most passionate about is, like you said before, it's been an absolutely terrible time for retail, for destinations, for people going to places. And it was something that I've always felt really strongly about. I and start, I started out in marketing in a retail business, working with a, a group of gift and gadget retailers. And I've always been really passionate about the digital side of marketing, uh, but, but really about how you can use that to get people to go and do a real thing. Uh, to get out there to go to a shop to you know to get offline to do all of those kind of things to go and experience um you know the leisure experience or any, any of those kind of things and and i've always i've always loved working on those kind of those kind of things but as time's gone by and you know the last the last years really since they they those places are really struggling they've, they've had a, a really terrible time of it and i think you know what, what i'm loving seeing at the moment is that we're over here we've been in lockdown for quite a little while now but it's just kind of it's all coming to a close and in, in, i think in the in next week or so people will be able to go and eat indoors again and the the enthusiasm from people for what they've missed of that whole experience i think you know is amazing and and i love i love working with those especially the smaller companies the smaller brands the small individual independent retailers independent restaurants and hospitality and helping them get to grips with their marketing because i just i feel like a lot of time, people treat marketing like it's this horrible, scary, terrifying thing that's totally nebulous and too confusing to think about. So they just don't do it because it just seems it seems insurmountable.
1: Yeah, I think they're worried a lot of times about doing the wrong thing, so they do nothing, right? Yeah, because there's you you take out you know you're like oh I'm gonna take out an ad in a magazine, local magazine or something, and then nobody shows up from it, and it's like oh I just burned money.
0: You know? Yeah, well, it's it's like, it's analysis paralysis, isn't it? People look at, they look at it and they hear, you know, you, you go online and you read a few things and you go, all right, well, I know I need to do SEO and I better have, a, have some pay-per-click going and I know it needs to be on Facebook and I need to be on Twitter, but then what about Instagram? And and of course, TikTok and Snapchat. And before you know it, it's like- oh, Your head's about to explode. <laughs> yeah. So you, you just, I, I don't know what to do. So instead I'll just put it in a box and do nothing or I'll just dabble in bits of it. And that's the and that's the thing they tend to do. and And it's all because you know I think that it's, and I think it's part of the part of an issue of agencies, of marketing agencies and marketing people is they make this process seem more complicated than it really is. And actually, it's really, pretty straightforward when you get down to it.
1: You know i'm a um I'm a big SEO guy. I always have been. It's really always fascinated me and and I, I speak the language. but there's a commonality between marketing, SEO, and IT work that they make it sound so much more complicated because yeah. then you need them and they can charge you more, <laughs> yeah. you know, but once you learn that like SEO is honestly like the 90% of it is like very basic. Like it's super, super basic, but they start talking about terms like canonical tags, right? I had no idea what that was. And I was in a bunch of meetings and the guy was talking about canonical tags, canonical tags. And all that really means is whether you have www on your website or not www on your website. like. And so that always became kind of like my keyword, right? When I was talking to people yeah. that if they didn't know their SEO and they're in there trying to and there's, and there's you got people selling it who don't understand it in the least bit. It's not they don't, the, the salesmen are not the technical people. And so I think a lot of times they kind of just show up with their sales stuff and they're they're just reading few, brochures to you, you know.
0: You know a few tricky words. They know they're going to confuse people and that's going to make them sound pretty knowledgeable. And yeah, uh, I think you
1: know. a lot too with marketing though. There's there's it's it's. Uh, there's no quantifiable end result a lot of times. Right.
0: Yeah, well, I pe- think a with- lot of people don't necessarily have a, they haven't got their goals set out. That's that's that, one of the yeah. first things that we always teach is that it, it, there's no point doing marketing. If you don't know what you're trying to get to, you know, like, as you said, when we chatted beforehand, if you wouldn't run a race, if you didn't know where the goal was, if you didn't know <laughs> how, when it was, when, or if it was ever going to end and you have to have that, like with everything you do, you should know what you're trying to get to.
1: That's like the the epitome of like ninety percent of entrepreneurs yeah. <laughs> <Right? Yeah. laughs> like, like I'm running, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do, but Let's I don't know on. where I'm going, right? It's like yeah. <laughs> and like the end of the day you're like, what did I do today? you know <laughs> uh, I think that that uh that setting that goal setting is uh is quite an important piece. and so what do you what are you seeing now like on the forefront of marketing with the sea change that's about to happen like because you know, uh, fortunately for me, I've been in Florida, uh, the entire thing, and we shut down for about a month. And we were just I was talking to my but we talk about all the time with my buddies, I'm like, could you imagine like still being in lockdown? (laughs) Like, you know, we've been wide open for uh, the whole time. And we were kind of the butt of the joke for the whole time in the the US. uh, But it proved out to be, you know, for us, it worked, you know, our economies, our economy is booming. And, uh, and it has been because people were chasing those those freedoms. And so I, I think we're kind of like a, a foreshadowing for a lot of the other parts of the country of like, how do you go from, how do you get that locked up person who's dying to go somewhere? Like, how do you get them to your place? Because that was what you mentioned earlier in your marketing. You love seeing to get, you know, how does an ad drive behavior? How do you do that in an, in an unprecedented time of behavior coming up?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that was the biggest fear that everybody had when this, when this first started is, you know, we've, you know, this is not the first time we've been talking about people, you know, the online retailers beating the bricks and mortar retailers the, the you know, the takeaways and the deliverers and the just eats people delivering food directly to your door, you can get a restaurant quality meal delivered to your door a little bit cold, but you know, there it is, you can get that stuff that can happen. And Everyone was worried about that, and then you present a situation where you just take away heart, you know, the other option, and all you can have is that stuff. And so everyone's terrified that we're all just going to use Amazon. Then we just use Amazon, and we'll never go anywhere to ever go to a shop ever again. People will get their food delivered; they'll never need to go out again, and we'll all get so used to it that we won't we won't miss that. But I think I actually think the opposite has happened. People have realised that it wasn't really about the. Um, it's not really about the buying of the thing. It's about the experience. And that's what, you know, that's what we keep we keep talking to people about is it's all about the experience that you give. And so if you are a, a retailer or a restaurant or somebody that's coming back online now, the most important thing you can do is, first of all, make sure that when people do come back, they have an amazing experience. That's like the most important thing you can do, because you need to remind them why it was brilliant beforehand why they loved going out for meal why it is better to have your food delivered to you piping hot why why it is good to get advice from a human being about what you might like to wear or the latest product or any of that kind of stuff and just have that that interaction and that customer service that you just don't get now not every retailer and every restaurant delivers on that side of things and that's the you know that can be a challenge but but in truth if you do that stuff that's when word of mouth and all the other great things start to come come good so it's just about being there there is that pent-up demand right now and you know especially in this country where people haven't been able to do it now they want to get back out there and they you know we've been out several times sat out in the cold in the you know we've been able to eat outside so we're sitting outside it's freezing cold but we're still there because we're determined to go to the pub but you know but if we'd had a bad experience that would have really you know that would have really hurt the whole process and then we wouldn't have gone back again and I think that's the that is the most important thing. So if
1: I've got parents listening to this and they're going to, you know, they're thinking about with their kids of getting them into, you know, if, if their kids are entrepreneurial or want to start a business or, um, you know, well, that situation right there. So, um, what would, where would you start? Like, what would be, how how would you advise them to think about the marketing side of a small business for a young person, like a startup type of thing? Like if they were wanting to get, get out there and get their foot in the door and, uh, like you said, it, it's a, it's a C. So it's a very overwhelming, like where would you yeah. recommend them to get the most bang for the buck to start off? Because that's the most thing you got to do to get that, have that great experience. Right. It's almost like yeah. the retailer. Like if you have a great experience with marketing, like you go into a PPC campaign yeah. or you put in like a <laughs> Facebook campaign and then you start selling stuff. Like the bug has been planted. You go in and you, you have a, you have $500 to your name and you put in a $500 Facebook campaign and you get zero from it it's over, you know?
0: Yeah. I mean, I think it goes back, it almost goes back a step before that. And it's about, I think a, a lot of people think, you know, an entrepreneur, a startup, a small, you know, a small business that's been going for years, even thinks that that something like a marketing strategy is something for, that's something the big brands do, it's something the big boys worry about. We don't worry about that. We're we're too busy doing, you know, just getting on with our job because most of the time, any sort of entrepreneur is they're the HR person, they're the operations person, they're the marketing person, they're doing absolutely everything. So anything that's a bit complicated or a bit difficult gets put to one side. And certainly, taking the time to do something like a marketing strategy is something that most people just won't bother with. But, but really, I would encourage people just to take a moment, if you're thinking about starting up a business, if you're thinking about, you know, if you're talking to your kids about starting a business, and this is something that, you know, I, I talk to my kids about this all the time, about, it, what I say is think like your customer in, in everything that you do think like your customer. When you're trying to convince me to, you know, get you a new toy, think I, I am your customer. You're trying to persuade me to do something. So what are you going to do to try and persuade me to do that thing? And, and it's almost anything that you do. You you can do that. And it works with business perfectly because that's what you should be doing. So when you're thinking about your marketing, if you can get into the head like, and I mean like deeply into the head of your customer so that you think of them like they're your best friend then everything comes easily you don't have to think that hard about what sort of content you should be writing what sort of products you should be launching you don't have to think about what channels you're going to be operating in because you know you know what i mean you don't If you've got a really good friend, if you've got someone that you know really, really well, you don't look at your phone and then draft 15 different text messages and decide which one you're going to send and get someone to copy check it before you send it to them. You just type it out and you send it because you know they're going to love it. And that's how they should feel about their customers. That's how everyone should feel about their customers. You instinctively know what you should say and what you should do for them.
1: So as you're thinking about the customer, and I agree with you uh, wholeheartedly because um, you know, if you've got your avatar nailed down of the person, then you can figure out what they need. And then you can deliver that or solve the problem that they want to solve, you know, as opposed to what you think people will buy. You know, once you've yeah. nailed that down of who you want to serve, then what do they need serving? <laughs> right? And then, and yeah. then, and back into it. Uh, a lot of times I, I, I talk about a lot of times, like, what is my goal to do things? And then put a timeline on it and then back into the steps that it takes to get there into very small pieces, you know, daily, weekly, whatever. Those goals are easy because they are accomplishable. You know, they're, uh, I think Tony Robbins, I think is one that says it's uh, you, you vastly overestimate what you can do in one year and vastly underestimate what you can do in 10 years. Right. Because you, you gotta, you, you you can, you know, if you break down, I, when I talk to entrepreneurs, they want to make a million dollars a year as a revenue. Um, which I still don't, I, I have to stop there and go. It's not about revenue. Everyone wants to talk about scaling up, it's not about revenue. Just trust me, revenue causes problems. Like, keep your bottom line, <laughs> you know. But, uh, efficiency plus, just learn this word efficiency, you're gonna love it. <laughs> you're gonna thank me later. Yeah. But if you want to make a million dollars a year, you got to make what $86,000 a month, and then you got to make 20, uh, 21,000 a week basically to get there. Right. So let's just say for round numbers, $20,000 a week, then you need five working days. You need $4,000 a day. How do you get $4,000 a day? And then it's like, Oh, well, maybe I could get to a million or maybe I'm not even close to getting to a million. Maybe I, the most I could vision myself doing right now is a thousand dollars a day without completely adding people and doing all this stuff. Okay. Well, if you're gonna do a thousand dollars a day, you're gonna be $365,000 in revenue. What are your expenses to do that thousand dollars a day, you know, and then back out. And then this is what you get to keep this is the value of your business on a multiple. And then once people like they start to that million dollar goal, you know, I tell, you can't get there without the first 1000. So like, stop worrying about that. <laughs> you know, yeah. but if, if you got a goal to get to, then check yourself and you really need to lay out what you're gonna to do to get there. And I imagine you kind of from just listening to you talk, I imagine your marketing plans are kind of a lot like that. You know, that's, uh, it's, it's breaking it backwards to the person that you need to get to.
0: Yeah, it's it's all about action for me. It's all about, you know, any, you know, I've seen so many marketing strategies that are these great big weighty tomes that sit in people's drawers and somebody writes one and they go, yep, tick. that's was an important part of my job done and they'll put it in a drawer and no one will ever look at it again. But a small business marketing strategy should be, you know, you, it should be on the desk all the time. It should be something that you've got committed to memory. Bits of it should be on the wall. I don't care how you do it, but it should be something that guides your every single move and you know exactly as you said it's those micro goals it's it's setting the the next big thing the next thing that you can get to instead of worrying too much about the stuff you don't know and that's never been truer than it is today because we haven't got a scooby-doo what's coming next you know we assume that everything's going to be working out and it's all going to get back to normal but you know who knows these are absolutely unprecedented times so all you can do is say okay where are we going to be a month from now? It's got to be better than the last month because we weren't open. But now, you know, now we're going to get these people and then we've got to keep them. And we're going to keep them coming back. And that's the stuff that you've got to keep focusing on. So it's just, it's looking at that little bit further ahead. But then as you say, having that, it is important to have that long-term goal. And if you're a, if you're you know, talking to your kids about setting up a business, it is really important, I think, to help them understand what they want from that business. And it's not, we're talking a lot about the money side of things, but I think it's equally important to, to talk to them about, what it means to run a business and what that means, you know, mentally, emotionally, physically, all the thing, all the other things that go with entrepreneurship. Cause I think that's something that I certainly didn't really understand when I got into running my own business, the impact positive and negative that it has on everything that isn't just your bank balance.
1: Oh, it's life. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Um, I like to tell people if they're they're in a nine to five, um, you know, type of job, a career job or nine to five job and they're, they've got, kind of their wandering eye on getting into the entrepreneurial world to to do it as a side hustle. And if you can, if you can make your side hustle work, then then you can get to go do it full time. You know, and and it's funny, because a lot of people will say, Oh, I would, but I don't have time. And I'm like, (laughs) you are not going to be an entrepreneur. Like, if you work a nine to five, and you don't have time to run a side hustle a couple hours a day you are not going to like being an entrepreneur because it's 24/7 in your head it eats a lot of your headspace right mm. and uh and so um i i like as i'm talking to you and hearing about this like i like the idea of thinking about the opportunity that there is for small businesses right now especially like the retail shops like we're kind of talking about there's a real chance right now to grab a permanent space in, in the consumer's wallet that you're chasing. Cause if you can be the one that they come back to and you provide that experience, then they haven't they've they've been devoid of that for you know a year. And they come back in and they're like, Oh, this place is great. You're still here. I'm happy to start sharing my economy with you again. Right. I feel I feel like there's gonna be some of that. There's gonna be some splurging and kind of some high fives. You made it, you know, thanks for being here uh pieces and i and i think that if you really take the opportunity to to wow them or to thank them for being in your stores and your customers and and spending their money with you i think you have a chance to really kind of get a permanent spot in that wallet because i think it will actually reverse a little bit of the online buying trend because people will love that experience like you're talking about
0: yeah it's it's that you know the old saying that you don't know what you what you've got till it's gone and I think that taking it away has you know I think it hasn't helped right now but in the long run I really do believe it will help a lot of those bricks and mortar retailers the ones that you know the ones that have been smart and have managed to survive their way through the process are going to come out strongly but but only the ones that then embrace it and and think right how what are we going to do now so we're not going to just slope back in again and go back to our old ways and be, you know, with surly customer service and generally unhelpful people. Now you've got to really embrace that that difference. And, and we've seen it, you know, in this country, we see it a lot with people, you know, people moving towards independent retailers, independent restaurants, rather than the big chains and the big brands, because they want to support them and they're willing to pay for it. That's the other thing I don't think, you know, price isn't the most important thing anymore when you're talking about going to a store people are willing to pay for a recommendation they're willing to pay for something that's interesting or something they can't find online and and i just yeah you're totally right that 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 people have got a massive opportunity now to to build a relationship and that's something we just we just always talk about is you got to capture those people and make sure you keep them coming back because the truth is the consumer is pretty fickle and they won't just keep coming back because you gave them a great service. You do need to capture them. You capture their data. You need to keep marketing to them and keep reminding them about you because there's a, you know, there's a million other people that are also doing exactly the same thing and saying, come to me, come to me. <laughs> so you've got to make sure you're in there. You know, you're in that conversation with them all the time.
1: So um, as people are thinking about doing this and they're, they're, they're doing um you know, customer capture, they're doing, you know, emails and phone numbers and marketing and pieces and they're retargeting people and doing all this stuff. Um, How do you see it with the small business owner with the content side of things? Because I think that that is also one of the scariest pieces for people is one putting themselves on front street in front of people that they know and they, you know, are courting and, uh, and, and then running out of content or things to talk about. You know, yeah. especially if you're and, in a very niche business right because it's you know eventually you're going to, what do you talk about
0: well I think that's you're you're totally right that is one of the first things that people say to us is you know when we say right okay we've established our customer is here you need to be on twitter you need to be on instagram you need to be wherever you need to be well what am I going to you know what do I talk about I'm going to run out of things to say and and my answer to that is always you don't run out of things to say you go to a dinner party, you don't run out of things to say. You, when you meet up with your friends, you don't run out of things to say. So you have a lot of things that you like to talk about. So we use a really simple process to help people build what we call these subjects of influence—the things that your business is going to be great at talking about—and and it's and it's basically divided into. So like a Venn diagram, it's the things that you love talking about, the things that excite you and that you're passionate about, and that you know, you can just talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. And there are lots of subjects I can talk and talk about. And some of them are super relevant to my ideal customer and some of them aren't. And so you pick the ones that are relevant to your customer. And you think about the things that your business is great at as well. So you, you've got the things you love talking about, the things your business is great at. And in the middle of those things, other things that your customer loves hearing about and then you build out a series of subjects that you know you're going to constantly be able to talk about and it might be things that are in the kind of you're not that good at but you like talking about and your customer likes hearing about so then you've got room for growth and you've got this idea of a list of subjects that you could potentially go and learn about or you could develop a service for or something like that so you can then build those in but once you've got these these like this core sort of subjects of influence you can usually extrapolate those into a massive number of different things and that's then we, we use this this idea of superhero and psychic content the idea of coming up with great big subjects that then you can build out lots and lots of small things from because again I think people overcomplicate it they make it seem harder than it really is when it's not actually that difficult to make you can write one blog you can write one interesting article and then from that there's always a quote there's a stat there's a piece of audio you can record an instagram story you can take loads of little bits and pieces of content and before you know it you've got a week's worth of weeks worth of content there and if you're you know small business you might not even need to publish a new blog every single week so it's it's really about thinking about when what does that customer want to see? And how often do they need to see it to keep you front of mind?
1: Yeah, I think that scares a lot of people, you know, um, because it's in their medium and their comfortability. Like for myself, I can do podcasts all day long. Like I find it fascinating to sit and talk to people when I try to record things from my own voice and I'm looking at myself on my own, you know, <laughs> one one person Zoom call, <laughs> you know, and I'm trying to record my audio through that. It's, it's like I just blank out It's so hard for me to, to move past those things. And so what would be your advice? Would you be, would your advice be to lean into the things that are difficult for you? Or would your advice be to lean into the things that are easy for you?
0: This is another, it's another conversation that we have, we talk about quite a lot uh, in, in 33%. This thing that you are, you are taught when you're a kid at school. I mean, school teaches you this. If you're bad at writing, then, you know, you need to get better at writing. If You're good at maths, but you're not great at drawing, then they'll try and help you get better at drawing. And I was, you know, I've always been quite good at art, creative, those kind of things, not great at numbers. So you need to get better at numbers. But in truth, when you are a business owner, you just forget about that. That's not, you know, I don't believe that's the right attitude. I believe that you should Absolutely lean into the things that you're great at. And if you're going to be an entrepreneur, find somebody else to do those other things. Somebody else is going to do my numbers because I am not a numbers guy. And that is, you know, I've, I've tried for 20 years, I've tried to get better at learning to use zero better and get better at doing p ls and do all that kind of stuff. And I can, I've got a passing understanding of it now that I can just about hold my own. But The truth is if i had spent all the time i spent trying to wrangle my books getting better and better and better at the creative process at facilitating ideas and doing all that kind of stuff i'd I'd probably be further along now than i am and i think that's a really important thing that you know that, that kids should i'm not saying get good at maths and good at english don't you know don't just skip don't leave school that's not the right answer here but But when it comes to, you know, when you get into your job, when you get into your work, you lean into the things that you're great at and become amazing at those things, rather than just constantly trying to fill the gaps of the stuff that you're not great at.
1: Yeah, I think it's I think that's a good point is that to lean into the experts that you can find that enjoy the things that that you don't like to do inside of a business, you know, and I think there's a trap there for a lot of people. Um, that go from being the technician side of uh, whatever a business is they want to start when they start the business, they lean heavy into their technician knowledge. But they ignore the other factors of a business, you know, you've got sales, like how are you going to present your sale, you've got your marketing, uh, and, and um, you know, then you have your operations, your customer service, you have your HR, and you have your financials, right, there's six pieces most people will lean into two of them hard thinking that they can be a business owner. And then as the other ones become an issue, they kind of dabble, you know, yeah. and then they, then now all of a sudden, you'll hear it from people. A lot of times they'll say, you know, I got into this business because I love to be, you know, I love to cook. So I wanted to be a chef. So I bought a restaurant, you know, I've got a restaurant. Well, how much cooking do you do anymore? I'm like I don't do any cooking, you know, and it's like, yeah. What do you do? And you're like, I deal with HR and trying to keep the money right and keep the bank, you know, I'm trying to hire people and I'm trying to do the marketing and I'm trying to do, man, I mean, you need to get back in the kitchen, right? There are people that love those parts of the business that you don't like, right? And that's what's, a, there's a beautiful synergy about that. It's kind of like what you were talking about. Like if you had taken the effort to learn books as hard as you had turned, just turned into what your zone of genius is, like it's such a bigger multiplier and fulfiller i don't agree that you shouldn't learn it at all right because the one thing you have to learn as an entrepreneur is you have to learn about you know at least look at your books i hate yeah. accounting but i can rip a p l apart yeah. right because I, I had i had to when i first companies that i owned I, I had turned in a box of stuff at the end of the year to the accountant i was like here uh tell me if i owe anything right like write everything <laughs> off i don't i don't even know what I, we didn't even look we just looked at the bank account you know and so the uh, and then what I when I crashed and burned, uh, and I went to be a commercial banker, that was the one trait that I learned, uh, I walked into 1000s of businesses, I usually knew within about 15 minutes, whether the loans that we had with them, or the potential business we could do with them, whether it was going to go well, or it was going to go poorly. And the question was always where are you at this month versus last month? Where are you at this month versus last year? And the ones who said, I don't know, let me, I'll call the accountant or we're doing fine. Like, you no, know I mean like specifically, like where are your issues? Because all you have to do is you don't have to read a book. So you just need to stack them next to each other and go, that's better. That's better. That's better. That's, Oh, that's worse. What's happened here? <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. And then all of a sudden you're a, you're, you're a great entrepreneur, but the problem is we don't teach any of that stuff. Like there's no, you know, they don't send you to entrepreneurial school.
0: No. Well, it's not. No. And like you said, it's, it's, it's made to seem more complicated than it yeah. really is you know and I think that was what I first realized when I started out I thought oh I better get an accountant the first thing I need to do is get an accountant because I really don't I'm not great in this area but actually when you start to get down to it it's as you as you just described it's like this is the pile this month this is what the pile looked like last month <laughs> if it's going up that's good if it's going down that's bad if your costs are higher than your you know than what you're earning that's bad it's not it isn't rocket science. It's no. not, it's not that complicated. No. And I think that's, you know, but, but again, as you say, it's not, it's not really taught. It's not really explained to people that, you know, to kids when they, you know, when they're at school.
1: But to an accountant, they don't think it's complicated. No. Right. No. <laughs> and so no. that's the part where like, I was asked about leaning into what you love to do. If you don't love to do that part of your business, you can't ignore it, but you need to find people that can, mm. right. Same thing for the marketing side of it, you know? it's complicated. So I'm going to try to learn how to be a marketer. And I'm going to spend, you know, ungodly amounts of hours trying to understand something that somebody does all day long. Like there's a reason I buy bread from the bakery. Like, because I don't want to make bread for four hours a day. Like it's not, you know, like I'm, that's not in my zone of genius. And so, you know, if you don't like being a sales, get a salesperson right? You don't, if you, if you like to be in the operations side, if you like the accounting side, like get a marketer, because I don't know many accountants that are good marketers, right? Yeah. Nice. It's it's just, you know, I think that people miss a lot of that stuff. And and what's amazing right now is that with VAs, you know, virtual assistants and, and all those kinds of things in the world right now, and the technology and the YouTube and all this stuff, like you can become a, you know, mild expert in a very little amount of effort, to know how to get somebody else to do what you're looking to do.
0: Yeah. I think that, do you know what? I think that's such an important point that what this is about, it's about understanding everything. I think that's something that any, any entrepreneur has to have is an understanding of everything. You don't have to be great at it. You don't yeah. have to, you don't you can't have to ignore be the numbers it either. You can't ignore can, it.
1: Yeah. That's where I see a lot of the downfall is, is like I'm not an expert in marketing, so I don't spend any of my time learning marketing.
0: Yeah, right. I'm not an SEO guy, but I absolutely understand it. So I yeah. know if someone's blagging me, I don't know if they're doing a good job, I know what to expect when it comes to results and what I should pay for it. And that's what every entrepreneur should have an understanding of the landscape. They should know what, what the options are so they can pick the right things. And that, again, it comes back to that that plan. Because when you've got a plan and you know what you're trying to achieve, you write a good brief and you get a good partner. Most, most of the time when agency and client relationships fall to pieces, it's because the expectation was wrong or because the brief was wrong or because, you know, something was miscommunicated along the way. And, you know, you, you, you said before, you set up a Facebook ad campaign and it didn't deliver the results, but did you really understand who you were targeting? Was your message right? There are loads of other reasons that that might have fallen down. It's not that necessarily Facebook ads is intrinsically wrong. It's just, it's just, you didn't necessarily understand it when you started.
1: I'll tell you one of the biggest ones too, is there aren't time, there aren't deadlines or timelines for deliverables a lot of times in yeah, presentations exactly. right and it's like oh, we're gonna do all this stuff it's like great and then the it's never or it's never soon enough for the business over owner and it's always yeah. too early for the agency person <laughs> yeah, yeah i know right? that pretty well yeah there was, so you gotta have some deadlines and timelines on your on your commitments with uh with it to have it done on so there's clear understanding um because that one causes quite a bit of arguments I'm, i've been in them <laughs>
0: yeah many many of those yeah <laughs>
1: Well, uh, James, one thing before we head off, because uh, we're running out of time, but um, what are some of the things, you mentioned your kids, what are some of the things that you talk with about your kids uh, on the entrepreneurial side and, and in the money side of things? Um, when What kind of conversations are you having?
0: Well, we try to make them, you know, first and foremost, it is about understanding that, that things cost money. I think that's the first thing that people don't always talk about with their kids is that when you go on holiday, it costs money and it's not about telling them look how much money we're spending on you because that's not that's not the message but it is trying to build in an intrinsic understanding of what that means that you know we play a lot of video games in our family and video games are expensive and so it's quite important to me that they understand that 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 comes at a cost and that we have to pay for those and so one of the things that we do in our family is that you know my daughter and I we do our own podcast uh, about video games and so that's not you know, it's a bit like you described, it's more for our own amusement. And if anyone else wants to come and listen to it, they're very welcome to, but, uh, but it's a fun thing that we do. And it's, it's a bit of a, an idea of what doing a business is like. So for her, this is like, you have to do this, you have to turn up at a certain time every week, we sit down and we do it. And I want you to prepare for it. I'm going to present it like it's a real thing. And it, you know, maybe one day, someone will send my daughter a free video game to play, and then she'll be very happy with that. And that will hopefully teach her that there is that that part of the process and I think that again just having having both parents work you know we both work at home we both work from home and I think they they recognize that but we do we do try and explain that to them a lot and I think that's that's hard for a kid as well when you're they want they see you here so they want to play they want to do stuff but you you know you don't want to be the guy that says I'm sorry too busy always working or whatever else but but it's just you know it's as you say it's it's having conversations with them and, and always talking about why you're doing it and and what that means and that you know it's not about saying this this will cost loads of money it's just about saying this is the consequence of me not doing that means I can't do this it means we wouldn't be able to do that or you wouldn't be able to do this thing or whatever else
1: you know I uh I've heard a theme through our conversation today because uh you know one of my I think one of my my god-given talents is usually I see trends or I see themes of things (laughs) and I've noticed that uh you know, what you just said again is it doesn't have to be complicated. It's not big and scary. Daily little conversations have massive impacts that that we don't even... We take for granted as adults, but the, we're planting these things in our kids that it's okay to talk about, right? You know, you, you put them in together. You yeah, know, we made a podcast. It, it's really not that hard to do, but to have them get in a thing like, you know, you said, and it, it's just... You know, taking a little bit of action and, and just and not making it a big deal is, is actually taking action with a lot of things and just opening the door and having that money talker conversation. You know, it's the same thing when we talk about marketing, same thing we talked about, you know, with the accounting side of it, same thing we talked about with just talking with our kids. Like, it doesn't have to be big and scary.
0: Yeah. No, I, I couldn't agree more. You said it before about an accountant. They don't think that accounting is complicated, but I think it's complicated. So when I say marketing is straightforward – I know it's straightforward to me because I get it and I get that a business owner looks there and goes, yeah, you, you might say it's straightforward, but it's not. And <laughs> it's just about, you know, I think that is a, that is a skill. It is a talent to try and take things and make them simple and make them small and manageable. And that's what you have to do with your kids is you've got to take these complicated, nebulous, massive things and try and make them small so they can understand them. And and are doing that on a regular basis, just that will have a long-term impact.
1: But that's a framework to success. And that's really what you're building with them. Yeah, totally. You're building a framework, right to say, Hey, look, when something's big and scary, you take what it is, you break it down, you break it down into small bite sized pieces, and you start tackling it. Right. And then that's that to me, that's one of the most successful things that you can do and have that kind of framework when you're looking at challenges. It's just say, okay, like let's back end to this and get in it into a real small bite so that we can start knocking off these pieces and have little micro victories. I think you called it earlier, you know, yeah. or, uh, and, and, and I think when you're doing that with your kids, if you they see you doing that, then they're going to, they say more is caught than taught, right? And yeah, so I'll you totally. can tell them to do that, mm-hmm. but if you sit side by side with them and break it down and do things with them like that, that's where the real magic happens in my mind.
0: Yeah, no, I totally agree.
1: Awesome, man. Well, hey, listen, uh, I want to end on that. And, um, and I want James, who should find you and where they find you?
0: Uh, Well, you can, uh, you can find us at uh, my business called 33%. Um, We spend a third of our life working sometimes more for, uh, for entrepreneurs. And so we just want to make it better, make it more awesome, make it more fun. And so if people are, you know, if you want an example of how to make marketing more straightforward we have this this thing like a customer ebook that you know if, if anyone would like to download it it's free and they can get that at 33%.co.uk slash customer uh, and it is it's a cool resource that kind of just again it just it makes everything a bit more straightforward and a bit less nebulous and complicated
1: awesome man well thank you so much for coming on money talkers with me we're gonna do the high impact series next um those listening Uh, make sure you check out James, Uh, we'll put a link in the show notes to uh, uh, 33%.co.uk. And, uh, and there's some pretty good um, resources there for you. uh, You know, about not ever running out of content about marketing and branding strategies. There's an academy there, the podcast. So make sure that you uh, make sure you go check that out. Thanks a lot, man. I appreciate you coming on Money Talkers.
0: No, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me.